0: Hi, I'm Matt Kirchygaard and thanks to Cryo Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. This week we have a chat with Hargraves Hills' Simon Walkenhorst. We last chatted with Simon when Pete caught up with him to discuss the new look for the brewery and this time we chat about a whole new branding line that they have released, Beatnik Beer. I was interested to try and understand why a successful and respected brewery would look to create a whole new brand for the release of its new beer, and so I chat with Simon about how much the industry has changed since 2004 when he and his wife Beth launched their brewery, and also about the pressures breweries are currently facing in the current climate. We look at who the new branding is designed to appeal to and why, and I also learn what is an XPA, at least in Simon's eyes. It's another great chat and I hope you would enjoy it as much as I enjoyed chatting with Simon. Simon Walkenhorst, welcome to Beer is a Conversation. Cheers, mate. Thank you so much. Cheers. Yeah, mate, we're, we're here to talk uh, about a, a new little thing called uh, Beatnik uh, Brewery, but before we do that, let's step back. Um, let, let's go back to, uh, gee, it seems like so long ago, 2004. That's right. I, 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 a much younger uh, former pianist and his opera singing wife, uh, Beth, decided to open a brewery.
1: That's right. Yes, we did. What were we thinking?
0: Um <laughs>
1: No, it was just a great opportunity. I thought back then, you know, uh, it was a very, very different landscape in the brewing industry. But uh, we just thought it would be a great opportunity to sit out here in the Yarra Valley on Beth's family property, put up a little shed, get a little bit of, you know, small scale gear and and start knocking out a bit of beer. And um, it was more uh, probably a little bit of market testing to see if uh, we could make beer, sell beer, distribute beer and and, and that sort of thing to get going. Um, and that was a really, uh, you know, it was a it was a good success. It was a good uptake for it. It was a bit tough to, back in those days, you know, there was all, a, lot of, a lot of venues and bottle shops and things like that were maybe just that little bit suspicious of brand unknown brands and things like that. But uh, we sort of made a bit of headway there. And, um, you know, driving around the countryside in a, you know, in a Commodore sedan with a, you know, boot and the back seat load of uh, cases of pale ale, and away we went. Hand bottled pale ale. That's it. Yes, Best, <laughs> yeah, no, best uh, uh often you know used to bottle. It was bottle conditioned back then, so we used to fill up a a, a header tank with uh, with with cold beer and dose it with with a bit of sugar, and then then cap it off, and then come back a week later and. Hopefully it was uh, sufficiently carbonated and not over-carbonated. So, uh, yeah, times have really changed for us. But, uh, yeah, it was as rustic as it, as it got, but it uh, was, was really successful. And it was, it was really, really nice beer, too. Like, I mean, that probably launched us, you know, in, in the direction that we went in. And it was uh, just a really good, um, honest, hoppy paler when that was that was really quite in demand so we we did all right with that
0: and and it's funny you say that back in those days bottle shops um were a little bit dubious or you know a little bit reluctant to, to to take it on and i guess there were a whole lot of challenges for um the pioneering breweries such as yourself to convince people that craft beer was worth taking a punt on um, but fast yeah. forward, you know, 14 years when we are in the throes of, you know, a, a, a boom. We're seeing a lot of venues. Um, you know, Everything seems to be craft beer these days. Um, and, and I guess in its own way, whilst you're not having to create a market for your products, the seeing it booming creates a whole different set of challenges for you.
1: Absolutely. I think um, now there's, uh, you know... There's a lot of different uh, issues that, that that we face, even as a you know much larger uh, brewery. But um, you know, there's 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 bigger bigger um, startups coming in. We've seen a few of those in Melbourne in the last few years, um, uh, and they often you know have business models based on offering contracting to other brewing companies, which further um increases competition I suppose. Um, and I'd really say that there's uh you know, and there is a bit of bit of price pressure now and you know there's a there's a lot of, you know, you know, there's a lot of people out there probably offering pretty cheap kegs and pretty cheap pack beer as well to uh different different uh retailers. Yeah.
0: And that's one of the things that I, I constantly hear It's very hard to Pinned down because I don't think anyone wants to call anybody out, but it, we are hearing, um, you know, a lot of talk about the price pressure, and you know, whilst it's, uh, to some extent the industry has been very much about us versus them, you know, the, the small versus the large, there seems to be, you yeah. know, a, a, a feeling that there's a little bit of, um, you know, throat slitting at the small end, um, and some of the, uh, you know, some of the challenges are coming from, you know, small breweries against small breweries at the moment.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, I think that's that's absolutely true, Matt. There's some, um, you know, you you hear some 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 horror stories about what people are charging for their beer, and I know as a someone with a pretty good understanding of the the, the costing of uh, what beer costs to make, um, you know, I know that these these guys aren't really going to be, you know, sustaining businesses long term by um, throwing throwing out such such priced beer. So I think, um, you know, that's something that we we, we stay pretty well away from. Um, you know, I, I've always, you know, tried to hire, um, you know, when I sort of, I mean, I still get involved in the brewing process um, and, and follow it closely, not so hands-on the tools. It's more just in a way of, you know, following or, you know, checking on a, a few things here and there and that sort of thing. But um, I've always you know, tried to hire extremely good brewers, um, people who have got great pedigree and, you know, that doesn't come cheap. And um, I think the the result, you know, in the bottle is, or keg um, or cans, as it may be, it will be a um, considerably, you know, better beer than, than if you've just got a, a, a brewer that doesn't have such, uh, such a level of um, experience and, and that sort of thing.
0: What do you think is driving the, the 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 price challenges at the moment? Is it breweries that are cutting the price just to survive, or is it breweries that are cutting the price to get rapid growth for for whatever that growth will um, generate?
1: Well, I think I think there's probably they they probably all have their own sort of you know sort of goals that they they set when they when they when they sort of head 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 down that path. Often it's prominence and you know getting the Getting the the volume up, I suppose, is often a you know I sort of perceive as a bit of a motivation for a few people, and um, you know then you've also got yeah just just trying to you know tie in some tap points and and you know get just just get the beer out there. I suppose is often you know little breweries don't have a lot of money for extensive you know sort of marketing campaigns. Do they work anyway in the craft beer space? Um, but then. You know, you might have, uh, so a bit of brand in hand might be the, the, the way to go. I don't know. I think that's probably one of the other motivations as well, yeah.
0: Mm. But in, in, in all of that uh, changing background, there's a lot more breweries, a lot more beer, um, and only so many, you know, taps to take it. Uh, you're launching a new brand. Am I right in saying it's the younger sibling to Hargraves Hill, or is it a completely separate uh, operation?
1: Uh, no, it's 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 our beer. It's got our name on the name on the can. It's not a contract beer. It's a beer that we that we that we brew here. One of the things is, you know we we sort of position Harveys Hill in a different place than than what we're doing with Beatnik. Beatnik is a sort of it started life as a uh, a beer that we had a lot of fun brewing uh, with the with the guys from the Royal Albert Hotel in Surrey Hills um, up in Sydney, and they. They came down and we 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 brewed a beer and you know Mick was along for the day and brought some of his staff down as well and you know the question was what did you want to or what what are we going to brew we thought well at that stage a, a really you know sort of tasty XPA that's not super bitter nice nice hot balance and and that sort of thing he he sort of thought that that would be the beer that would fly out of the out of out of his out of his pub. Um, Better than better than most other styles and then so we and but uh, Jen his uh, his bar manager came down as well and she was really instrumental in the brewing and she was um, got got really hands on on the day and and that sort of thing and really had a great great fun with it so we thought we'd call it gen X as a um, as a, as, a, as, a, as a beer for the venue and we sort of had a great uh, night up there for the launch which was um, fantastic. We thought, well, let's do something that's, uh, you know, Gen Xy. So we we started. Well, we the, the tap deckle was a was a beta videotape with a <laughs> with a with a label on it. Um, and he also had uh, ser- he was serving it with um, chico rolls and uh crinkle cut chips so it was a real throwback and it was a great night because everybody just sort of sort of started reminiscing about you know that 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 uh you know generation x era and uh and that sort of thing but when we when we came to um you know and he's he's always been beating us um to put it in a can um and we thought it was time that we did have a have a beer in can it's our first first time we've done it <clears throat> and we thought well if we, if we have Gen X, then we're going to probably have Gen Y, and then we're going to have Millennial or something. And we just didn't feel like that um, branding story was really, um, you know, something that, something, you know, with the Gen is drink the Gen Y beer and, you know, there's all that sort of competition to, you know, or um, you know, there's always a few blues between each of the generations. So we <laughs> thought we might stay away from that. <laughs> and so we thought, well, we really wanted to maybe tell a little bit more of a story with it and things like that. And so we came up with beatnik. It's something that, um, you know, we, we thought might be a really, um, uh, interesting i ways always sort of found you know, the, the, you know, beat generation literature and things like that, really pretty interesting. And it's, you know, free spirited and it's about the op- awesome, about the open road and, the um, you know, the, the great outdoors. And I think that really works with, with where we take cans and uh, things like that. So we thought, well, let's, let's, let's get that done. And um, yeah, that was a, sort of the pathway for the, for the brand. And it, it's not, you know, we're not going to be, you know, probably with Hargreaves Hill, I've banged on about hops and malts and yeasts and that sort of thing for the, for the whole period, but this for the whole time. And I think, you know, big is a chance for just for having a great tasting beer in your hand and, 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 you know, hitting the great outdoors and, um, you know, getting getting to festivals and all that sort of fun stuff rather than, than talking about molten hops. So that's really that's really sort of where the the brand has probably grown from, I'd say.
0: And and that's the thing, like whilst you say it is a like a a, a part of the Hargraves Hill it's got Hargraves Hill on, it's still got a very distinct styling. Um, you you've actually launching it as a you know Beatnik has a presence on Facebook. So it it is somewhat separate from, from Hargraves Hill. I'm uh, looking back at, you know, 2004, it was just about making beer and convincing people that beer was good. How fractured is the beer market now or how fragmented and how many different um, markets are there within the overall beer market that you have to come out with something that has an appeal to a certain um, demographic or a certain group of people um, that you've had to launch a new brand to do that?
1: Oh, look, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we... With with Hargraves Hill, I suppose we 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 also talk a lot about the Yarra Valley, and it's about you know um, you know the the food and produce and wine and the, you know sort of the epicurean nature of why people come to the Yarra Valley, and that fits in really nicely. Um, but I suppose with with beetnik, it's really we're not saying that it really has a great level of provenance as well, so it doesn't matter where it comes from in a way, um, and it's sort of more just about um, but definitely at, at, a, at a different demographic. So um, you know, look, we've been working in with uh, Jessie from uh, Craft Instinct, and she's been fantastic in, you know, sort of getting the the direction, you know, in a place where we've all been happy with it. And there's been a, a lot of a lot of thought behind it. And it's been a really fascinating process to be a part of from the from the beginning, and that sort of. Something that we've we've really enjoyed doing, but yeah, definitely it's a, def- a, di- a different demographic, um, and uh, yeah, really just aimed with simple iconography and and that sort of thing. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the uptake goes. Really.
0: I'm looking at a can, and it says "Fate loves the fearless." There is a a lot of imagery about open roads. There's a um, you know uh, arrows pointing in all directions around it. What what is Beatnik trying to capture from your point of view?
1: I uh, really? I suppose it's um, just yeah. That's more about the spirit of you know. Is it a beer that we can take around Australia um, in terms of going to the outdoors um, and traveling and and that sort of thing it probably celebrates you know wonderlust um in a a lot of ways that was a real direction for it
0: and is that something that you think uh resonates you know is, is that something there is a an aspect of the beer market and there is an aspect of beer drinkers that that will resonate better than having Hargraves Hill XPA for example
1: yeah look it was just something that we that we wanted to wanted to play with and and see see how it would go I mean it's um and it really, I mean, it's, and, you know, back when we launched Hargraves Hill, it was, well, this is what we think we should do. And then, you know, the market really uh, decides uh, based upon, you know, probably a few, you know, whether it's the image, imagery and the story behind it or whether it's the flavour of the beer or, or whatever. So it, it, when you think you've done something that's on, on song, maybe, you know, the the market will actually sort of decide for itself in a lot of ways. And so mm. I think, that, you know, I, I think we've seen other breweries and other wine companies launch, you know, different sub-brands, I suppose. And, um, you know, I thought um, it's just something that, you know, I'm interested to play with in terms of from a branding perspective.
0: Yeah. It, is it hard? Um, you, you talked about that you still supervise closely uh, what goes on, but you're not necessarily on the tools yourself. Um, I I, I was looking back through some of my archives just before we uh, spoke Um, some of the articles that Willie Simpson wrote um, you know back in 2004 just after you'd launched and you were brewing 400 litre batches and you and Beth were very much the face you know you were delivering the beer you you know you're doing the tastings yourselves and so I guess you were very closely uh, associated with the brand as 14 years later um, as the brewery's bigger you're into much more markets does the brand need to carry a little bit more of the story to resonate with people that don't have that um, one-on-one contact with you, you, you both, the way that they once did? Well, it's, it remains to be seen, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I kind of think that
1: people are, you know, um, you know what we've talked about here is that people are motivated to to buy beer for, for different reasons, whether that's flavour or the, or the look of the beer. And some people want to know, you know, before when you were talking about you know the different market sectors of the of the of the craft beer market or the beer market even, some people want want to know about all the hops, or they want the new New England IPA or brewed IPA or something like that. Um, other people simply just want a good beer and without you know possibly buying into too much of a story. So I'm I, look, I'll, it'll be a, a fascinating thing to 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 watch to see how you know how how it goes.
0: How hard is it to come up with a new brand? I, I mean, I presume um, that you've been working with sort of brand and marketing people to sort of help give some of these ideas you've expressed uh, a, a visual life.
1: It really is. Um, it's been through you know different different iterations from the from right from the beginning. Um, you know, like uh, we did have you know a number of rounds of revisions and. Uh, that sort of thing and the, you know, in very, very different directions. And we have, you know, we started with, with one thing and, you know, ended up with, with, with what, you know, something, something very, very different. And the the development of that is a really uh, interesting process. We tried to sort of, uh, well, we focus grouped it a lot internally as well as, you know, getting other people from the beer community and from outside the beer community even to, you know, cast an eye over it and give their, give their two cents and, and things like that. And I think what we've, what we've got now is a really, you know, it's a, it's a very striking game and it's um, something that I think, uh, you know, really, really pops off the shelves.
0: Will we see it side by side um, in bottle shops with Hargraves Hill or, you know, will you be targeting the same places with the Hargraves Hill range as you are with, uh, well, it, it, it's, it's a range of one at the moment, but I presume that there will be other beers coming along.
1: Yeah, there there may be some other beers coming along. We're still, you know, until the the big focus at the moment is getting it out um, in the coming weeks. So it's probably about two weeks away. We are waiting, waiting on some uh, packaging coming in from uh, Mexico, which is another good part of the story. But um, the yeah, it will be in. um, I I would say, you know, the, the the better independent. Uh, bottle shops around around the country, and we're really um, you know hoping to spread it spread it far and wide. And um, so there may be some maybe some in those stores, or there may be
0: not. You've opted for the can. Um, that's one of the, the the big changes in the um, beer scene since two thousand and four, when you are hand bottling. Um, you certainly it, it's much harder to hand can, um, but we have seen the rise of the cans over the last fourteen years. Where where do you? Do, are you a purist? Do you like the bottle, or are you just happy to uh, use whatever package sells? Oh look the advantages of cans
1: are something that you can no longer really ignore. Uh, you've got you know, and they do cool down quicker. There's a lot of um, a lot of recyclability to them. They can go go places where bottles are not welcome, whether that's for liquor licensing laws or for you know going. Look, I've got mates who go camping and they, they always drop by, you know, the McCoppins or the Carlins or the Blackhearts of the world and go and you know load up on load up on cans and they simply wouldn't you know. It, so there's places where bottles just simply can't go and I think that's. I mean, I think um, I bottle. I probably am a little bit more of a traditionalist, and I, I, I do do enjoy drinking beer directly from a bottle more than I do a I can. But um, you know,
0: I <laughs> but can, we use I, a glass, I, don't we, I, Simon? I, 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 oh, that's
1: it, absolutely. <laughs> oh, every time,
0: mate. <laughs> but you do prefer drinking from a bottle than a can. It, it, if those rare occasions that you drink directly from the uh, packaging vessel,
1: yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll be on the record for that. I can I can own that one. That's fine. Yeah.
0: And how about, one of the things that Pete and I talk about, um, you know, is that, you know, cans are very popular and they, they have all of those benefits, but there's still just that, the, the final hurdle for me is that as a as an option, if you're serving it out to somebody, um, if you are pouring it into a glass, you know, at, in a restaurant or at a tasting, it just seems there's just something missing when you pour from a, from a can. There's just something that sort of You know, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, getting when all of the adults are drinking from glass, you get the plastic cup. Um, It feels a little bit, you're at the kids' table a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. But I I think also bottles work better, maybe in some of, you know, some in restaurants a little better on the table, if that's the case. Or, you know, so I think, I think every, every, you know, the can has its place and as does the bottle. But, um, and we will continue to be bottling Hargo's Hill beers too. We've also um, managed to be amongst the uh, first breweries in, in in the world, I think, um, who are using the e6pr um, can clip. I don't know if you, you've seen this, but it's the rather than single-use plastic, it is a uh, um, completely biodegradable six-pack rings that are um, made from waste barley from from brewing.
0: Mm. No, no, uh, yeah, we, we've seen them, and there's I think there's one or two. Like it's still very early days. Um, but I have seen a couple of media releases from people who, who use them. Um, and are, are you going to be using those for the Hargraves Hill Range itself, or just for the Beatnik Range? Just, just for the Beatnik cans, yeah. So that's that, that's going to be our canning range. And and does that play into that outdoors uh, feel that the um, uh, Beatnik Range has got? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think um, you know when you when you do see you know what. That the plastic versions can can do in the environment. It's not a not a great look, and I thought it's something that you know we should probably we should probably be an adopter of. And it's um you know it's it's, it's a good thing. We've also gone for a like a non one hundred percent recycled material carton that is unbleached. You know I think it's probably sensible to start taking taking some some of these sorts of initiatives uh, to to really make sure that you know we're not we're not polluting where we can avoid it, as brewers.
0: So, do they make them for bottles, or are they not available for bottles yet? And that's why you're not using them. No, they're you? not available. They're, oh, just, right. they're just for the cans. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's right. Yeah. At this stage, it's just uh, limited to the XPA. Talk us through a little bit about uh, what we will be tasting uh, when we get our hands on a can.
1: Okay. It's um. Well, it's a
0: very like I mean we've had a real. Um, you know, chat amongst the, the, the brewery
1: team here, and what kind of beers we really do enjoy drinking, and what would be the go-to. And I think, you know, we sort of wanted to make something that was pretty, pretty low on malt character, um, and and probably, you know, reasonably low on bitterness as well, and then just some really, really nice, um, you know, hops in terms of citra and uh, a bit of galaxy in there as well. So it's just a nice, nice, fruity, easy drinking thing at five percent alcohol.
0: So talk me through where you see the XPA coming because it's one of those styles that's emerged but doesn't really have a a, a tight uh, BJCP or you know International Beer Awards type guidelines. Yeah, look, I
1: think it's um, just a style. It's you know, it is probably a little bit of a, a made up style kind of thing, but I really do think that it's. It's really hard to, to know what to what to call that st- when you have to give something a style and I think, you know, you you gotta put something on the on the label. It it should really be, you know, a really hop driven um style and I think it will be a, a, a you know, um it's essential. Like I mean it, it obviously it comes from the ale family of beers. Um and it should be to my mind something that's that's reasonably uh, Light in color and um yeah not not high in malt profile but then also um yeah all all about really you know sort of late hopping i suppose
0: okay and, and that's what makes it different to say the american pale ale that really uh, did a lot to kick off the uh craft beer um you know revolution this century
1: yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I think, you know, like, I mean, there's paleos and there's paleos as well. It's, not, it's a big, big family of beers. Um, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, like, say, for example, our pale ale has, has Sahagrase Hill, um, which is a, a product that we, you know, are, are sort of trying to differentiate it from. And it's a little bit more malt character. And, you know, the bitterness is probably just that little bit higher as well while there is still some, some some hop character, it's probably not as overtly fruity as, as the as the XPA is.
0: Okay. Are, are you playing around with a couple of other styles that we may see under the Beatnik uh, brand, or is it just the XPA uh, for now?
1: Uh, just the XPA for now, but we'll probably, we'll definitely be, um, you know, extending that, that, that family of beers, and I think, you know, I'd like to see, I've got dreams of making, you know, a really, really nice um you know IPA in that in that family, maybe higher in alcohol, and you know just a really big kind of beer. I, I, we're probably probably going to put some bigger beers in this range, um, but we all also might be looking at doing some 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 lighter sours as well, just to just to really really mix it up.
0: Excellent, Simon. So all the best uh, with the Beatnik beer range. Um, from Hargraves Hill, how widely will it be available? Is it just for um, Victoria, or is it going to get a little bit more widely?
1: Uh, we, we're going to go into uh, Queensland, New South Wales, and Adelaide initially, and then we'll and probably a bit in Tassie, um, and maybe a little bit over to the west when we when we when we get it organised. But it's uh, yeah, so we're going to try and get it get it all over the place. Yeah,
0: excellent. Well, all the best, and uh, I look forward to trying the Beatnik Beer XPA. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover, because beer is a conversation, and we look forward to another conversation next week.